Welcome to the Global Franchise Podcast, your comprehensive companion on understanding all things franchising. I'm Kieran McLoon, Deputy Editor for Global Franchise Magazine. Branding and marketing have become pivotal in the international franchising landscape this year as franchises both vie for the attention of consumers and also look to reposition themselves after the incredible blow of COVID-19. For Sally Fascinelli, brand management and franchise marketing go hand in hand as vital elements in her toolkit. Working at numerous consultancies and franchise brands across her career, Fascinelli has seen the highs and lows of getting branding right, and off the back of this has honed her awareness of what it means to be a frontrunner in the pack. On this episode, we speak with Sally about her storied career, the quintessential do's and don'ts of marketing your brand, and what methods your franchise should be using to achieve scalable success. Hiya, Sally. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, no, I'm really good. Thanks uh, very much for taking the time to join us on the podcast. If we just kind of dive straight into it with a bit of a um, a career retrospective, obviously I touched on up top that you've been a part of many different organizations throughout your career. Um, and I was wondering whether you'd be able to give me kind of a rundown on your, your franchising career to date and what some of the particular highlights are within that that have helped to... Um, to mold your understanding of the franchise industry. Yeah, sure. I'll I'll make sure to make it kind of brief because I could probably talk on forever about it. I've been really fortunate. Um, I have a very diverse background. I've worked on so many different sides of the spectrum. I've worked with franchisors, master franchisees, franchisees, industry suppliers. I've owned a couple of my own businesses. I have held various C-level positions that have ranged from um, management, sales, business development, operations, training franchise development, uh, what else, marketing, um, and now as a, uh, an advisor for several brands. How I started, I fell into franchising a little over two decades ago. I like to say I started when I was six. I don't think that's going to work for me much longer. I'm going to have to up my age. <laughs> <laughs> but what it, it happened is I worked for a U.S.-based brand, um, and they were not franchised in the U.S. They sent me to the U.K. to open their first master location. And back then, I had no idea what franchising was. I didn't know I was in franchising. All I knew was I was sent to the UK and I was there to replicate our business operations in the US. So it was quite interesting, a shock, culture shock, totally different. I loved every minute of it. Um, And then I fell in love with franchising too while I was there. When I moved back to the United States, I started working for an emerging franchise brand. We had 13 locations in the United States. When I left three and a half years later or four years later, roughly, We had more than 500 locations in the U.S. We had expanded into five other countries. And wow, it was an amazing learning experience and quite the ride. After that, I moved over to what a lot of people laughingly, tongue-in-cheek say, the dark side, and started working for a technology company on the franchise supplier side of things. Right. Um, Here... Here's where I really think I was the most fortunate is because I was lucky enough to be able to work with somebody who was part of what's considered the good old boys club in franchising. I was able to meet with a lot of amazing people and build relationships that are just completely phenomenal. These people are inspirational. They're people that you that you see on CNN and Fox News and you know all over the place. So I was able to learn from them. They took me under their wing and taught me a lot. After that, I worked for a couple of marketing and advertising companies, and then I owned a digital marketing agency with my ex-husband. Now I'm a franchise advisor and I work with a few different companies. I think the most exciting part of what I've been able to experience on and over the last you know, two decades is working on the supplier side. It's allowed me to work with hundreds of companies, probably thousands now at this point, 
I've lost track. But being able to see what works, what doesn't work, the similarities between the brands, the best practices, key differentiators, um, what sets the companies vastly apart from the rest, you know, that's really important because I can take that knowledge and then I can try to share it with other people and other companies. And then why reinvent the wheel? You don't need to make the same mistakes twice. So I try to share that knowledge and pass it on. I really got to experience franchising from many, many, many vantage points in various industries. Yeah. And um, and when it comes to what works and what doesn't and best practices, what's your general philosophy that you've honed over your career when it comes to um, brand marketing and the ways that brands should conduct themselves? Well, customers are, they're online more now than ever. So I think one of the very first things that you need to do is you have to not miss out on building your online brand, the presence that will attract your customers, no matter what kind of business you are. If you're not online, you need to make sure that you get online and you need to make sure that you leverage all the tools that are available to you. Creating a strong brand identity, I think that's really important. This is how the world perceives you. All the visual elements that go along with your brand, your imaging, your company jingle, the language that you use to speak to your target audience, that's all very important. And one of the more important things, especially in the franchise side of things, and any kind of business, but especially franchising, is consistency of that messaging. Making sure that your brand is easily identifiable, but most importantly, rememberable, because you want people to come in and have a good experience, whether they come into your location or go online or whatever they're doing. You want them, them to have a good experience, but they want to, you need them to remember you to come back to continue to be a customer of yours. So I think that's important. Yeah. Um, it's also essential to get involved with your local community. That's that's one of the places that you'll be remembered the most. And getting involved there, supporting them, working with them, marketing to them, really understanding their needs, I think that's imperative. Yeah. And um, like when it comes to um, consistency and delivery, obviously this year, uh, a lot of brands have experienced um, the need to change as well as remain consistent and kind of pivot with the changing times and adapt with, you know, the ways that consumers are um, dealing with businesses at the minute uh, in a coronavirus world. Um, and I was wondering what some of the some of the ways you've seen um, brands really, or specifically franchises, um, really pivot this year. Uh, that's then maybe correlated with an increase in either um, consumer engagement or uh, increased franchisee acquisition. Well, I think you can start with not ignoring your competitors, monitor them. I'll get into some specific brands in a second, but monitor your competitors and ask them, ask yourself, how are they, how are you different from them? What is working for them? Check out their social media, their marketing campaigns, their digital strategy, SEO, websites, um, new products and services, just generally watch them and look at them less like they're a competitor and more like they are a co-conspirator because that can really help you with pivoting that is going to be needed. Something interesting that started before the pandemic was Domino's, what they did is they created an experience that went well beyond app-based ordering. It includes autonomous vehicles. I've actually had one come to my house, um, a pizza tracker, a smart you know, speaker uh, communications, fully contactless delivery, which is in this economy has been very important. Right now I can order a pizza. I could be in Utah and I live in California and I can have it delivered to my house. I can text my kids and say, hey, the pizza's here. They can go out and get it. And it's easy, easy peasy. I think in the future, this trend is gonna become something that's called an ambient experience. 
And what an ambient experience is, it's really an immersive experience that uses multi experiences or mixed reality experiences like augmented reality, virtual reality, multi-channel integration of humans and machines interfacing together and other sensing technologies. And it's going to become the norm. It's not really the future. It's already here. We're already interacting with this type of technology way more frequently than we know. We just It's just kind of hidden from us. Another, some of the other things that I've seen are food concepts that were dine-in only. You know, maybe they were more of a white glove type service to stay afloat. They've had to implement delivery or takeout options when they never offered that before, along with contactless delivery and contactless payment options. This has saved multiple brands. Educational concepts where in-person tutoring and things like that was the way they did it. Now they've moved it all online. That's been really important in saving their business. And and some of those businesses have been trying to make those changes for years and years and years. And now this has catapulted them into the future and actually made those changes easy for them. And, And it's great for their business, obviously. Fitness concepts, those were hit hard as well. But taking the working out in person and or in a studio and turning it into a virtual environment and keeping that connection with their customers, that was imperative for them as well. Right. And um, and one of the things that also is probably going to become more and more important in the future where a lot of consumers are interacting with brands uh, in the digital space is this whole idea of online reputation management, which is what you're, because currently, obviously, you're in a role as an advisor to Consumer Fusion, which specializes in exactly that. Um, for people who maybe don't know, uh, functionally, what does managing a brand's online reputation look like, but also probably more importantly, why is that so important moving forward? Well, customers are online more than ever now. So it's imperative that you manage your brand's online presence and overall reputation. And that means everything online, everything that's related online. You really need to know how do you look? What are people saying about you? This is your listings, your review sites, social media pages, websites, microsites, (laughs) the list goes on, all things online. It's important that you monitor your brand, whether it's on a macro level. And I do suggest always monitoring on a macro level. If you allow your franchisees to monitor it, that's great too. It's always good to keep an eye on that. Um, Just keep an eye and a pulse on your brand's online credit score at all times. And if things start to shift, if there's maybe some PR that's not great, there's always ways to work with that and change it and resolve things. The first place a customer goes before they choose a new place to eat, a hotel, or purchasing a new product or service, they go online. And specifically, they're looking at reviews. So it's really important that you check out your reviews. It's making sure to monitor them, respond to them, and making sure all of your listings are up to date with accurate information. There's some really cool temporary features that have been provided by Google and Yelp. Essential businesses and restaurants, they've gotten priority with the updates, um, so that's good. Restaurants can now go into their GMB listings and mention if they have pickup or delivery or even curbside pickup, and and they can constantly change that. You know, if it needs to be changed, things are always changing. On Yelp, businesses can now keep their community informed of how important, um, you know, different important updates and customer alerts. There's a little alert that goes across the top the top of their Yelp listing to remind people to check for current hours and availabilities and what's changed because it it is. I don't know. Everywhere in the world, it's changing a little bit differently. So it's important to have your own personal Yelp page, have what's going on in your location. They've even added new features on Yelp that allows the business to update things like virtual services, whether it's virtual classes or consultations, tours, virtual experiences, that kind of stuff. 
um, a while ago, I was, and this is before the pandemic happened, I was taking my son to get his haircut. He was like seven years old and we were going to a brand that's pretty worldwide, pretty known. And I couldn't find the location. I put it in my Google uh, maps and it took me right to the location and it wasn't there. And I was like, well, this is kind of weird. I know my city. I know my town. I know where I'm trying to go. Why is it? Why is it not here? And what happened is that location had moved a couple of years ago, but the person, the franchisee had not updated their location. It was across the street. So I easily found it. But it's just an example of if they can't find you, if your information's not up to date or you're closed when they're trying to go to, that's not that's not a great customer experience. Yeah. And that is such a fundamental thing, being able to find a business. But, you know, the fact that a massive brand, as you say, an international brand could could slip up at that stage shows that there's a lot of um, a lot of lot of things you need to consider in the online space. Um, I saw as well. One of the other things Consumer Fusion uh, has been running recently are these franchise tailgate sessions, which look like uh, at least appear to be kind of micro networking little things for franchise professionals. Um, would you be able to kind of explain the the purpose of those sessions and what kind of reaction you guys have had to them so far? Well, the franchise tailgate was born out of the pandemic, obviously. What's happened now is nobody's going to conventions. And what's in franchising, it's all about going to conventions. If you're the CEO of whomever, Jack in the Box or any small brands, big brands, any kind, any kind of brands, you're a supplier. What do we all do? We go to events. We like to network with each other. We like to hug and touch each other, drink together and brainstorm. There's so much that happens at these events. And of course, great content that's always there. But we're getting a lot of content right now. And that's fantastic. But I've noticed by being on all the virtual hop errors and, and things like that, that people are getting a little down in the dumps, and they're really missing that human interaction. So I started this thing called Franchise Tailgate. It is truly just a tailgate in the US. We do these tailgates um, before a football game, and people get together and drink beer and you know barbecue or whatever. And our first one here in California, we went to the beach and everybody brought their own alcohol and we just hung out and talked shop. We have uh, done other locations. We just did Park City last week. We are doing Scottsdale, Arizona in two weeks and then Dallas on November 11th. And it's just a forum where people can get together and see each other. Yeah, no, it sounds really great. I mean, obviously, as you say, uh, it's hard to create a really uh, a good substitute for the the massive franchise events that usually take place throughout the year. But the fact that you've managed to still have these micro networking little sessions is um, is a great sign of moving forward. That might be, you know, a more of a, a permanent fixture, even in even when big, big events can come um, back into the calendar. Um so yeah, so one of the things we've uh, covered a little bit is kind of this idea of being on the the cutting edge of technology um, and how brands need to harness things like Google My Business that we just spoke about to kind of make the most of their online presence and drive not just consumers, but also, you know, uh, prospective franchisees will see uh, a promising online presence and decide that they want to invest in a brand. Um as well as keeping your online presence on things like Google My Business up to date, are there any kind of... Um, different technology uh, tools or services that you think um, will be really crucial moving forward that brands need to utilize? That's a great, great question. Okay. So all things digital, really, everything is going digital, at least as much as possible. And if you're not on the cutting edge of what's happening digitally, you need to be. Most importantly is communication. It's imperative that you have a system that and a plan in place that helps you communicate instantly with your customers, your franchisees, and your employees. Whoever it is that you need to communicate with, you need to be able to do that in case something happens again. If we ever have another pandemic or another emergency situation, you need to be able to get in front of them. 
You can start by doing a company tech, tech audit. It's never too late to do one of these, and it's never too often. You need to stay on top of the trends and constantly look at your business and fine-tuning what's happening. Don't just get one technology and stick with it forever. Keep making sure that you have what you have fits your needs. You really need to embrace digital marketing. If you haven't done so, you need to now. You've been hearing about social media marketing for a long time, and if you've been avoiding it, that time is over. You need to find out more about social marketing. Local marketing is extremely important. What you need to do is identify where you have skill gaps in these areas in your organizations, and then write up a short list of tech providers that can help you with these gaps, help you fill them in, whether it's hiring a company or hiring new employees or anything like that. Then you need to learn about targeting your audience and creating content calendars and things like that. More than likely, it's time for fresh content, especially with the pandemic and the new rules and procedures that are everywhere. Make sure your messaging is still current there. Update your location, your information there, your customer experience photography. This is the big one that most people don't even think about. Let's say you're a bar or some sort of pub and your pictures are of lots of people hanging out together and all, all very close. But in your local area, that's not a thing anymore. You know, maybe they're not even allowed inside. Maybe they have to be outside or they can't get up and mingle. They have to sit down. So having pictures that are more relevant to what's happening now, I think that's important. Also, you need to embrace new technology, new tech that can really change the way in which you conduct your business. It can give you an advantage over your competitors. It can be beneficial to your customers, or it can simply keep you afloat during these unprecedented times. What a technology can do is it can help scale your business and help it adapt to the ever-evolving and changing trends, because this isn't going to stop. Things aren't going to stop changing. You need to keep up with it, and you need to innovate. It's really important that you use innovative and agile technologies that can support really good customer engagement that will evolve and grow with you. And if you outgrow a technology system, that's fine. Move on from it. Find one that does fit you. I think one of the things that a lot of brands, I've seen this happen kind of a lot, is Um, they have three to four systems. And those three to four systems will overlap in a lot of different ways. So right now, it's a great time to start streamlining your systems. This can save you a fortune. You only need one, maybe two, you know, if if there are huge gaps, but you can streamline your systems, have what you need, save yourself a fortune. And now you have the right technology for your business. Yeah. And um, the the last thing I want to speak with you about, Sally, is just, I suppose, everything... um, taken as a whole that we've spoken about for this this conversation you know technology collaboration networking future uh, looking ahead to how the industry is going to be um are there, have you got any kind of key pointers or um things that you believe a brand can do to to future proof to an extent so that if a roadblock like a pandemic emerges years down the line i mean hopefully you know several years um they won't be quite as adversely affected as they were this year uh, and that can be specific industries like obviously restaurants could do certain things really prioritize off premises or just more general business development well i think it starts at the top so if you're the leader of an organization you need to lead by example you need to be realistic and positive To me, that goes without saying, but I think it's really important that you look after your own personal well-being, because if something like this does happen, God forbid, a couple of years down the road, let's let's hope it never happens again. But if it does happen again or something like this, your business hits a roadblock. If you are on top, you can be able to react during a crisis or a pandemic and be able to react properly. I think one of the things that we need to do constantly is do risk assessments. We should do these 
regularly, you know, make a schedule if it's quarterly or, you know, biannually, whatever, whatever works for your brand the best, find out um, the possible points of failure in your business and then work to resolve them and consistently be doing that. Once you resolve one, okay, what, what's the next one? Let's work on that. Some examples that people often overlook in their organizations are the points of failure would be people, you know, maybe you have the right people, wrong position, use systems again, right? Systems, wrong systems, systems that are outdated, things like that, your business processes, legal compliance, data security. And most important, the last two would be sluggish communication or lack of pivotability. If you can't do those or that, you know, held you back during this last crisis, find ways to move yourself forward for the next crisis that may happen. Now I'm going to go back to communication again. I think it's really important to communicate any changes that are happening very clearly, whether it's internally or externally, and have a system in place that allows you to do that. If you don't have a system, you got to find one. Don't procrastinate on that because it can really help you out. It can really um, circumvent a lot of time delays and things like that in moving your, your brand through a crisis. Another really important way would be bringing in outsiders, bring in somebody that's going to challenge your worldview. Um, sometimes those people can see something from such a different angle. You're sitting inside your own box in your own world. They can, they're looking out from or looking in from the outside and they can see something in a completely different way. So seek advice from experts, from an advisor, from consultants, innovators, people that think very differently than you and have that outside perspective. So another area would be to diversify your business. Don't depend on one part of your business for complete success. In other words, don't put all your eggs in one basket. What got you here may not take you there. It may not be your success in the future. So any strategies that helped you acquire your current customer base, that they were great and they helped you acquire your current customers, but they may not be great for the future. So you need to always be up leveling. And to do that, you can start by focusing on your customers and on their behavior really listen to them and what they need, what the trends are, have foresight. And if you don't have the foresight, that's fine. There's lots of people out there that you could hire an advisor or somebody like that, that can help you look at that. Really get to know your customers. How do they think? How do they feel? Where do they shop? How can they hear you and see you and, and understand your messaging? How do they digest that information? That's super important because a lot of times people you're so involved and immersed in your brand. A lot of people will go, this is what I have to tell you. This is how I want to sell you my product, my service, my whatever. And you're going to hear me and you're going to buy it. Well, that doesn't really work. So you need to find out how your consumers are thinking and feeling and hearing and how they can digest your message because you want them to digest your message. You want them to become a customer of some kind, right? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, no, I mean, it sounds like the one of the main big takeaways is to just be proactive rather than reactive, which obviously is quite a, a tricky thing to do. You know, no one could have predicted COVID-19, obviously, but by the sounds of it, a lot of the a lot of the kind of takeaways you've got um, are mainly just to yeah prepare as much as possible in every aspect of the business, not just um, in the back office, but, you know, consumer facing aspects. So, um, so yeah, no, some really useful uh, little tidbits for for the franchising community as a whole. Um, well, thank you very much for, for joining us, Sally. Uh, it's really, really great speaking with you both about, you know, your career in marketing and franchising, but also some of the things that, um, that you've picked up brands have done this year, how the industry looks at going ahead and what some of the, the main things are going to be, um, driving that. So yeah, thanks very much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it.
As Sally mentioned throughout our conversation, brands need to be conscious of every level of their marketing and branding strategy because customers will be looking for a, a seamless experience no matter how they choose to access a franchise's services. For retail, for example, this means making all transactions quick and convenient and having a suitable web presence to facilitate exactly that. For fitness and education brands, it means maintaining the top tier remote resources for audiences so that the end user can access content where they want and whenever they want. We'd be keen to hear your thoughts on this. Have you seen any standout examples of a brand pivoting towards the digital future? Make sure to let us know. If you like the podcast, subscribe and recommend it to your friends and colleagues. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. To keep up to date with franchise news and have it put into context by the global franchise experts, subscribe to the magazine, hit us up at globalfranchisemagazine.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn today.